And welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Reminder right off the hop that a week Saturday, February 6th, it'll be uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The seminar is happening at the Hilton Garden in Toronto Airport. That is 3311 uh, Caroga Drive in Mississauga. You will learn whilst there about the benefits of holding silver and gold in an RSP and TFSA account. Find out uh, how easy it is and how you get started uh, as well. Again, it's uh, next Saturday, February 6th, uh, the Hilton Garden Inn in Toronto Airport. So go to uh, guildhallwealth.com. Com for more details and register soon. Seats are limited. You'll have some light refreshments and uh, and parking as well. Darren, always start with a, an update. A week that was, uh, for instance, uh, how are things going? Not too bad on this Thursday as we tape here, John. Gold and silver prices had a little bit of a run up during the week. On Wednesday, gold was up 2%. And uh, on Wednesday afternoon, silver posted gains of nearly 3%. They both peeled back, but both metals, although still very early in the year, are far outperforming the Dow and other major indexes so far. Now, gold and silver prices have both tacked on nearly 6% since the end of 2015. Well, we're looking at our counterparts in the Dow, NASDAQ, and SP500, which all three of are in the red. So this is a good start to the year. This is what we would expect to see in a year in which we would see by spring, typically, prices of silver and gold rally higher. And this is the good start that we needed. The rally in precious metals comes primarily right now as worries over Chinese economy, which have put pressure on Asian equities and stronger doubts over another interest rate hike in the March uh, is, is arising as we speak. And we saw this week on Wednesday that our friend Yellen, the Federal Reserve chairwoman, decided not to raise rates in the U.S., keeping them steady, which is something we predicted and talked about at length throughout the month of December once the first quarter-point rise uh, came into the market. We told you don't expect any more raises for a while. They were just appeasing the people that uh, were putting pressure on them to start things moving forward. But we know better. If you're a listener to this show, you heard last week Jeff Jason Berwick speak at length uh, about some of the problems in the marketplace and the world right now now and how easy it is for the wool to be pulled over your eyes. And I'll tell you the truth is that the big worries out in the market right now all reflect what's happening with GDP growth. And in China, it's slowing again. And there are concerns that capital outflows will continue to increase as China's economy cools off here and the yuan experiences further devaluation. And this has pushed the Chinese market to its lowest level in over a year. This year, growth of China's GDP is expected to slow to 6.5%. And now anywhere else in the world, that might be pretty enormous if we had 6 and a half percent growth in GDP here in Canada, that would be nothing short of incredible. But this is the slowest rate of growth for China since actually 1990. So we're going to spend some time today on the show talking about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the ratios uh, and where silver and gold stand right now in relation to each other and what that means. But getting back to that topic of GDP, capital outflow from China right now has nearly hit epic proportions. In 2015, estimates are now suggesting that a record $1 trillion left the country, and that's over seven times higher than what left in 2014. And of course, that has given rise to fears of slowing economic growth and staggering capital outflow, which has significantly boosted the demand for gold and silver as safe havens in China across the retail, investment, and official sectors. So we're seeing a big boom in demand. And if we co- and if we correlate that to what's happening in coin sales, that's definitely another, I say, another uh, reason to think this year will be a record year yet again for coin sales. 
And our suppliers are telling us, same as last year, that a lot of what is being sold in total coin and bar sales is moving overseas. Demand for it is very high there right now. And of course, that's the direction we're seeing put pressure on gold and silver. And we do expect that we'll get rises from that point on. And also, if you look at uh, Germany having repatriated over 366 tons, Russia bought over... 200 tons of gold last year. So you're seeing countries saying, we want gold and we want it at home. And that's a lot of gold going to to these countries. And this isn't to mention China purchasing as well as India purchasing. So it's very much what's happening at at the periphery here that the US dollar maintains its strength, but every other country seems to be preparing for its its, uh, eventual demise. To give you some direction on exactly what that means in the grand scheme of things. Let's look at China again for a moment. Jeremy, you were mentioning Germany. We spoke at length about the idea of repatriation and what it means. That began, and believe it or not, in 2013. Here we are in 2016, and Germany still has yet to get all their gold back from New York. But if you look at China, there's a more telling story that's developing In 2002, when this firm opened, China was nowhere on the map in terms of its total gold holdings the world over. In fact, prior to 2000, uh, I don't think individual investors were even allowed by state mandate to own physical gold and silver. So this is a big, epic change. And if you look now, the People's Bank of China... Uh, They've been on what the World Gold Council calls a buying spree for gold. And back in July of last year, the country announced that its gold reserves had increased by 50%. And it last reported its holdings in 2009. So we're not sure exactly how many that is. But since then, the People's Bank of uh, China has been adding approximately between 14 and 19 tons of gold to its foreign reserves every month. Now with over um, 18 metric tons, 1,800 metric tons, it makes them the sixth largest holder of gold in the world. Interesting. How much gold is the U.S. reporting they have? They haven't reported since when? 1960s was the last time Seriously? Be, yeah, the, the Fort Knox was audited, which is supposed to be the largest store of gold in the world. Hasn't been audited since 1960. There was a private member's bill introduced that was a bill to audit the Fed. It was more recently, within the last month, shot down by Congress in the U.S. Again, you don't want to uncover what's been swept under the rug unless you're prepared for the consequences, mm-hmm. and the U.S. dollar is not prepared for that right now. And we're talking about tonnage of gold. Let's not forget that uh, a few weeks back when those Hillary Clinton emails got released, they talked about the fact that uh, they were able to score over $7 billion worth of gold from Libya when they uh, invaded that country, which would equate to somewhere close to the range of about 180 tons. And this is all physical metal. Right. I'm just curious how much of that ended up in Germany's vault. Yeah. During repatriation. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com, dear. Well, listen, let's take that a step further and talk a little bit about uh, the gold and silver ratio right now. And I want to call upon an article that I picked up this week from the Bullion Vault. 
And it read it on Wednesday, the 27th, and it says, Gold and silver recovered Wednesday in London from an overnight dip, rising as the dollar slipped ahead of today's Federal Reserve decision on U.S. interest rates, the first since it finally raised the floor from 0 to 0.25% after seven years last month. Now, it goes on to talk a little bit further about what is happening in this particular uh, ratio between gold and silver. And it says gold on Tuesday broke a key technical pivot at $1,110 an ounce. It's a very bullish development and we expect a test on 1136, which proceeded on Wednesday. So we got that test. Silver has followed gold higher and basically it's outperforming its sister metal in the process having recaptured the 50 day moving average of 1409. Silver seems to have found a floor said the analysts from the Bullion Vault and the uh, also the Societe Generale's technical team agreed that earlier this week pointing to the down the down sloping trend line of 1380 to 1350 where it has been possibly forming a bullish inverted head and shoulder pattern so this pattern is confirmed the price of gold and silver have both gone higher the ratio which last week got as high as about 78 is actually dropping as we speak. And if we get a break above 1440 in silver and we hold that, these analysts are suggesting that we can expect $15 to 1525 cents, which would be uh, a jump back into reasonable territory since we have been trading in that $14 range for several months now. What should the ratio be, Jeremy? Well, historically, it's 16 to 1. Ooh. <laughs> so we would be happy at 35 to 1. That would be very good for both metals. Ultimately, it's tough to look at these, um, looking at the charts and trying to read them, in my opinion, simply because at the end of the day, you're going to see the price of gold and silver, in my opinion, move up dramatically when the U.S. dollar starts to show weakness. And right now, it's not showing weakness. And of course, if gold and silver were skyrocketing right now, people would know intuitively that that would be an, a, a bad sign for the U.S. dollar. But if you look at gold and silver in other currencies in the last year and a half, two years, you'll notice that it's been quietly getting more expensive in other in other currencies. Now, if you look at what gold has done over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years in your portfolio, you'll see that gold has gone essentially in the last 10 years from $600 an ounce Canadian to over $1,600 an ounce Canadian, which means it's done exactly what it's supposed to do in your portfolio. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because every so often someone will say, yeah, you know, the price went up and you guys said it was going higher or someone said it was going higher and it didn't. You know, at the end of the day, the price did move up. And looking back, it got a bit ahead of itself. And if you look at the price right now compared to the amount of debt that's been created, the amount of money that's been created in the last five years, it's unbelievably undervalued. And again, if you look at the long term, not two months in 2011, but the long term, you see that gold and silver do their job. They hedge against dollar devaluations, which in the long term, that's exactly what you have. Mm. In the last year in Canadian dollars, you've lost your purchasing power. In, in the United States, in the last 100 years, you've done nothing but lose purchasing power. You know, where groceries would have cost you $35 for a family of five for a week Today is going to cost you over $300. That's just what has happened with the loss of purchasing power. So you want to own gold and silver to hedge against that. Now, you can 
Silver's going to have a lot more potential. So if you're looking for an investment that can have a lot more potential, then that's what you're going to do. If you want something to really protect against dollar devaluation, I think gold is where you're going to want to be. It's very simple to get involved with Guildhall. Mm-hmm. Call the number, go to the website. John, you're going to give those numbers out in a minute. And of course, understand how we do things at Guildhall. We want you to have the best of bullion world that is physical product, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, colored diamonds, which we're going to talk about a little later in the show. And of course, to own it, it's as simple as coming in, sitting down, talking with somebody or using the phone to do the same. You can make that purchase and take it home in physical form, either coin or bar. You can take that a step further. We're happy to store it for you. We have a world-class depository in several different countries. One option is here in Toronto. There are other options around the world. We also can take that a step further by putting precious metals into your registered savings plans, whether it's an RSP, an RESP, a TFSA, Lira, all of those types of accounts can hold gold and silver. There are all kinds of incredibly great and flexible options for moving your existing RSPs into gold and silver, and it's as little as a phone call or a click to the website away. So when we come back, let's talk more about that. The silver and gold ratio, we're going to touch on a couple of really interesting topics, one of which is peak gold and silver mm-hmm. and why I believe it's here now, and one that I know people are very interested in. We're going to talk about housing in Toronto. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number that Darren was mentioning, and guildhallwealth.com is the website. Reminder once again, since he did mention using our RSP, TFSA, or other accounts, coming up a week Saturday, February 6th uh, in Mississauga, the Hilton Garden Inn, will be the place to catch the seminar. You want to get on it, uh, do it shortly, one eight six six two seven four ninety five seven, or go to the website. You'll learn about it, the benefits of holding silver and gold in RSP and TFSA account. There'll be some light refreshments and parking, but the uh, tickets, the seats are limited, so get on it as soon as you can. Lots more of the Real Money Show. Coming up right here, Talk Radio, AM640. The Real Money Show right here, Talk Radio, AM640, 1-877-8-SILVER, guildhallwealth.com, the website, and a week Saturday, February 6th, is that seminar. Learn and get educated about using your RSP and TFSA to hold physical silver and gold. It'll be at the Hilton Garden in Toronto. The number is 1-866-274-9570. Get your seat as soon as you can before they're all gone. Let's get back to the uh, gold-silver ratio, Darren. We were talking before we went to break, John, and essentially what we were saying is that that gold and silver ratio tells us when we're going to see breaks in pricing and when we're going to see outbreaks in pricing. So this is one thing that we watch very closely. Jeremy mentioned in the last segment that the traditional historical ratio between gold to silver was 16 to 1, meaning that for 16 ounces of silver, you bought one ounce of gold. At the peak of each bull market we've experienced in the last 100 years or so, culminating right back to the last bull market in the late 70s and right into January of 1980. That held true. That price of gold was 850 an ounce. Silver was 52. It's a 16 to 1 ratio yep. roughly. And that's where we expect the ratio to be heading back towards. Now, never never mind the crystal ball that's necessary to forecast when that's going to happen. We don't have that. It broke a long time ago and that's not what our job is. Quite frankly, what we're looking at is everything around silver and gold that's telling us these signs in the writing are on the wall. If we look to the ratio update, what it's saying is the following. If you look over the last 20 years, we can see patterns that have developed that have told us when silver and gold have taken off and when that ratio has shrunk down to as little during this bull market as 32 to 1. That was back in 2011. Now, if you look at the 20-month moving average, it tells us the following, that the ratio hits around 80 to 1 
and bounces back down. It did that in August of 2015, and ever since, a line of resistance has ensued as the ratio drew back to the 20-month moving average, and it failed to drop below it and then went back up to retest the 80 level. This time of retrenchment is somewhat of a frustration, of course, as gold and silver inch lower in proportion, hence the tight range of the ratio, with no resolution either way in terms of a climatic drop or a heraldic surge, we kind of get caught up in the idea that gold and silver aren't going to move ahead in price. But this ratio has stood the test of time. 20 years of data tells us that when we hit 80 to 1, we're going to start to see a turnaround happen. And that happened just recently, as I said, in August. That was the 80 to 1 ratio that occurred in last year. And as this ratio develops, it means that gold, which usually leads the way in any charge pricing-wise, it's done so since 2002, will forge ahead at some point due to something in the market that happens, while silver starts to follow and eventually overtakes its uh, bigger brother in terms of percentage. So this is an incredible moment in time in which you still have cheap silver on the table, which you can still see the ratio sitting there. And any one of us would be happy to show you and point this out to you. Astute investors will take advantage of this. Guildhallwealth.com is the website to start the Precious Metal Advisor. You can click on the e-store and the number one eight seven seven eight silver Jeremy. I think the takeaway here is that this ratio does prove time and time again when gold and silver are undervalued, and it's definitely showing that right now. Darren, you're absolutely right. This is showing that the market is ready, poised to move further ahead right now. We've seen <coughs> we've seen gold carve out a bottom here, very strong support at these levels on both gold and silver, and ultimately, it's an opportunity for people to 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 look for a way to be defensive in their portfolio, have a hard asset in your portfolio that's a store of value, and again, my my hypothesis is that. The market's going to really start to move when the do- the U.S. dollar starts to see weakness. It's already moved in many currencies already. So you have a chance to get involved in the market while the price is still undervalued in U.S. dollar terms. And ultimately, remember this. You cannot buy insurance after the fire. Mm-hmm. You cannot wait until the stock market has declined by 40% to decide to get into the market. And you don't want to p- play a wait-and-see attitude because that means you you haven't gained the knowledge yet. You're you're waiting for seeing as believing mode, and if you wait for seeing to 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 see it to believe it, you've already missed a gigantic move in the market and your opportunity to protect yourself and make money. The whole point about this is if you can protect your wealth through the tough times here, through the turbulent times that that we believe are ahead. You're going to come out on the other side having grown your purchasing power as well, and that's the that's a big takeaway for today. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com to start investing. Paul. Yeah, there was an interesting article that came out this week from the CIBC. They were talking about $75 billion that's sitting on the sideline that's not being invested, whether it's into the stock market, whether it's into bonds. Uh, this morning, they, uh, another article came out where RSPs are actually down from 63 or 64% to 61%, which means 39% of the people are not even buying an RSP. They're not even worrying about their retirement. Maybe they don't have the money to put into an RSP, which is probably the main point. But if there's $75 billion, and this was from the CIBC that's sitting on the sidelines, you're not making any money if you're leaving your money in the bank. You know, people will say, well, 
It's safe. At least I'm not losing anything. Of course you're losing. You know, governments are printing money. They are confiscating your wealth at an unbelievable rate. There is a run to the bottom of currencies. Every country except the U.S. has devalued their currency. Canada is up, is actually devalued 40% in two years. Last week alone, they moved it up five points and down five. That's huge. A five-point move in a currency? We buy all of our product, every piece of metal, whether it's silver, gold, platinum, or palladium, every diamond we purchase is in U.S. dollars. So when we purchase and something is $100,000, we've got to pay in Canadian, it's now 145000 It dropped down to one forty-one today, give or take a little bit. Currencies are being devalued at an unbelievable rate. There's another interesting point. Trump uh, you know, he's probably the Republican candidate. He knows he's going to be left in November of this year when a new president is elected with a whole load of debt. Obama has created $19 trillion of debt, $13 trillion since he's been in power, six and a half, seven years. $13 trillion worth of debt. Does anybody know what a trillion dollars looks like? Well, a trillion dollars is a football field with a skid of $100 bills, two skids high, filling up that football field. So if you're looking at 19 football fields without the unfunded debt of Medicare and Social Security, which is about another $180 trillion, if the U.S. was a company, the bailiff would come in and put a lock on the door. It's as simple as that. But they've got the ability to print money, the same as Europe is printing money. Canada is printing money. Sooner or later, this has got to stop. The crap is going to hit the fan, and when it does, there's going to be a lot of problems. You need to have a hard asset. Gold and silver has withstood depressions, inflation, wars, everything that you can possibly name You know, for 5,000 years, and yet it still holds its value. If you're looking at silver today, if the U.S. dollar really depreciates, which we think it will by the end of the year, silver is not going to stay at $14. Silver is going to be $18, $19, $20. Because the currency right now is $20.50 in Canadian. Gold is trading close to $1,600 in Canadian dollars, not the 1100 and change. As Jeremy said earlier, by owning gold and silver, you've retained your capital. It may not have gone up in value, but it hasn't gone down the same way that the currency in two years has gone down 40%. You're going to have a slew of Americans coming in and buying up everything, every piece of property that they can buy because they're getting it a lot cheaper. If we go to Florida or if we go to L.A. or if we go into Arizona or Nevada, any of these places, we're paying a dollar forty-five more for everything we purchase. They're talking about... There's no inflation. We talk about food. There's been a little bit of a, you know, there was a drought in California, but most of the fruit and vegetables comes from the U.S., or if it doesn't come from the U.S., it comes from Mexico. It comes from South American countries. It's paid for in U.S. dollars. There is no way, as a business person, that you can keep on sucking up increases. If something costs you more, eventually you have to pass it on to to the end user, and that's either in smaller packaging or inferior product, and that's what's happening out there right now. Get some gold and silver, maybe even a colored diamond, into your portfolio. 
You can buy it directly from us. You can take it home. You can go to our e-store, go to guildhallwealth.com, right-hand corner, click on. You can buy gold. You can buy silver in any denomination. If you don't want to hold it, you don't want to take it home, silver weighs for every 1,000 ounces. It's around about 70 pounds. That's tough to put in a safe deposit box or even under your mattress. You need to put it somewhere safe, secure, where it's insured, where it's there for you. It's segregated, it's allocated, you can go and visit it any time. Or if you want to put gold and silver into an RSP, where a lot of people out there have got a lot of room to invest in an RSP today, you're buying silver at $14 and change, gold at just over $1,100. It's an absolute steal. It's an unbelievable time to get into the market. one eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com. Darren. Well, listen, I really just want to reiterate what Paul is saying on, in a nutshell sense. If you've got a situation developing whereby countries are struggling to meet the needs of the growing economy in terms of what they're used to, so you've got no growth in career positions, so from an employment perspective, no growth in career positions, you've got very little control of your housing markets, and we're going to talk about that here in Canada and more specifically Toronto in a moment, and you've got little in the way of improving economic conditions. As we've seen in commodities alone, in Canada in particular, what's happening the world over with oil demand and, of course, the drop in oil prices. So you've got, in a nutshell, a perfect storm developing in which you do, as an investor, have to take heed, concentrate on diversifying your portfolio, and have assets like these there. These are cashable assets. They're liquid. They can be turned into cash in any denomination that you wish. And on top of that, you can take them anywhere in the world you'd like. So if you're a person who frequents two or more countries because of travel or family commitments, take some gold with you over there. You'll be amazed at what that can do for you in terms of your portfolio, in terms of insurance and overall. And when we get back, I don't want to forget this topic. We're going to go to colored diamonds in a minute. But when we get back, I want people to stay tuned because we're going to talk about peak gold and silver and why I believe it's here. Mm -hmm. And also, as I promised, we're also going to talk, take a look at why I believe that right now the Toronto housing market is very oversold and ballooning. We'll take that short break, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom online. And again, a week Saturday, a week this week and next weekend, February 6th, it'll be the Hilton Garden in Toronto. You want to get educated on using your RSP and TFSA accounts to hold physical silver and gold. You can do that. Again, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. out by the airport. You want to call one eight six six two seven four ninety five seventy. Register early before all the seats are taken up. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming right up on Talk Radio, AM 640. Back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver to start investing guildhallwealth.com next weekend the 6th it'll be the Hilton Garden Inn in Toronto uh, in Mississauga the number is uh, 1-866-274-9570 this is the seminar we've been talking about get educated on the benefits of holding silver and gold in an RSP and TFSA account uh, register as soon as you can before all the spots are taken up again it's going to be next weekend from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn uh, by the airport in Mississauga guys let's talk about pink diamonds but first we're going to uh, again get everybody to hang on because you're going to get into the housing market as well. Yeah, well. That's right, John. I know it's a topic that's near and dear to everybody, especially our listenership here at The Real Money Show. And it's an article that was put out by CBC News. I brought it with me entitled CMHC Flags Housing Market Risks in Toronto, Saskatoon, and Regina. 
Now, I say this at the risk of losing friends because John, as our listeners know, I've said it many a times, I have dozens of close friends who are closely related to the housing industry here, in particular Toronto, but in a broad sense across the country. And it's not for me to defend or not. They're making and earning whether they're buying or selling, so hopefully their pockets will remain deep and filled with lots of commissions. But that being said, this is a topic that does relate to gold and silver. It's very important to understand. We've talked about diamonds as being portable wealth. We've even talked at seminar about the importance of understanding that when you have a choice before you, one is to speculate on housing and the other is to invest in a colored diamond, why you might want to choose the colored Mm -hmm. diamond. But today I want to, and I will get to this article. If you keep listening, I promise I'm going to bring it up. I have something that I want to speak about. But today I wanted to mention, if you haven't already ventured over to guildhalldiamonds.com, I think now is the time to do it. Along with that money sitting on the sidelines is a sense of uncertainty. And Paul mentioned $75 billion just sitting on the sidelines. And it's been bigger than that. But $75 billion marks just what the CIBC is saying their account holders have on the sidelines. And I would estimate if it went across the country, the, the total would be close to $1 trillion. That's just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing in cash. Here is an arena where you can take a portion of that money and expect a return, a reasonable rate of return, with very little risk involved. So this is what I want to talk about today in Colored Diamonds. Now, Paul talks every week about the rarity and the four Cs and how beautiful they are. And this is, I've never met a more passionate person when it comes to Colored Diamonds. He is our fearless leader. He brought this to our clients a long, long time ago. He's been around them all his life. Jeremy's an expert in the area. We have Nicole Snipman, the queen of Colored Diamonds. So, of course, you can get up to date on blogs and what's happening happening, keep up to date on diamonds. But my favorite diamonds of all, pink diamonds. They're rare, they're expensive, and they only come from one place in the world predominantly. We get some out of a couple different places, but the mainstay of pink diamonds are coming out of one particular area in Australia, in Western Australia. And if I was to ask, did you know that the most valuable gem, we've talked about reds and blues, but in auction, the most valuable gem the world has ever seen was a pink diamond. It's called the Graph Pink. It's a 24.78 carat, fancy intense, not even a vivid. It's just a fancy, intense pink. It sold at auction in 2010 for 46 U.S. million dollars, and that, my friends, is real wealth. That's about wealth. a trillion dollars Canadian. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Ah. That's that's one of those things that you can look back on and say, "Wow, what an amazing thing to have happened." Since then, of course, in the last six years, as a firm, we have gone through lots of investors holding on to these uh, pink diamonds and holding on to yellows, and we've even sold reds and blues. But the pink diamonds, in particular, are very special because Australia boasts most of and the best pink diamonds in the world, and approximately twenty times more valuable than their white diamond equivalent. Pink diamonds are extremely rare and in turn pretty pricey, but sometimes they're reaching into the million dollars per carat. This is not great news if you're a small investor, but from acorns grow large oak trees. So I want you to go to the website. I want you to start getting yourself educated when it comes to pink diamonds. On our site right now, we have a beautiful selection of pink diamonds that are perfect for investment. We expect those diamonds to have a reasonable rate of return, which I think nobody can touch in terms of other investments. I don't think unless you're speculating on Uncle Sam's stock pick and you get lucky one in a million times, like playing bingo, you're going to win in the stock market these days. This is an investment 
better, in my opinion, than buying real estate at this point in time. And I'll tie it in with that article, but I want to let Paul talk because colored diamonds are an incredible way to invest your dollar. Well, if you look at the Colored Diamond Research Foundation, which is an independent uh, foundation, um, members are the top, top people from De Beers, Cartier, Tiffany's belong to this foundation. And what they've actually done is gone to the auctions, they've gone to the wholesalers, they've gone to the cutters and polishers. And they've come up with a figure on pink diamonds. In the last 10 years, pinks have gone up a total of 361%. That's pink diamonds because they're so rare. And I'm not talking about uh, a diamond that's uh, a, you know, a quarter of a carat pink, SI1, I2. I'm talking about diamonds that are investment grade like we sell at Guildhall. The Argyle miners, Darren said, uh, in Western Australia produces 90% of the world's pinks, yet it's only one-tenth of 1% of their total production. Tells you so how rare they are. Every year they put out a tender where they take 55, 60 of their best diamonds that year and put it up for tender. It's a private tender. You have to be invited. You just can't walk through the door. This year there were 60 diamonds give or take, in pinks. There was 11 VS quality, which means very slightly included, but there was only 11. The others were SI1, SI2, beautiful colors, but had inclusions. At Guildhall, we've chosen to only sell VS quality, which is very slightly included. Those are the investment grades. The colors we go for are the best colors. They're evenly saturated incredible. Now, if you look at a stone, for example, we have a 0.53 intense argyle VS2. It's on for $183,000. And listeners can be out there saying, well, I don't have $183,000. But there are a lot of people that do have $183,000 that maybe have only been in real estate or have been in the stock market. And if they've been in the stock market, they've been looking you know, at their statement every month and they probably throw up on their shoes because they're not making any money. When you own a natural fancy colored like a pink for $180,000, that stone we were selling five years ago for $90,000, less than that. Today, it's $183,000. Where do we think this stone is going to be in five years and 10 years? We think this is going to be a half a million dollar stone in 10 years' time. So if you're sitting on cash, you're not sure what to do with it, you're sick of the stock market, you really, you know, maybe are not that passionate about gold or silver, a natural fancy colored diamond is the way to go. We do have smaller stones. I mean, not everybody has that type of pocket change. But I'm excited this week because I brought in a stone that is extremely rare. It's a 0.26 vivid green. It's a radiant, unbelievable stone. This stone... um, is round about $90,000, but this is a type of stone that is going to double every three to four years, maybe even sooner than that, and is a great, great investment. But you can start off and get into a stone, a yellow, a fancy, internally flawless, for fourteen, fifteen thousand $15,000. You can get into an intense for, you know, twenty five, twenty eight thousand dollars $28,000, which the three grades of stones that we sell, fancy, intense, and vivid, it's just about the color saturation. The stronger the color, the more expensive, the more rarer the stone. If it's internally flawless, that makes it even over the top. So if you want to get into something 
that is, as you said earlier, is portable wealth. In the palm of your hand, you can literally hold millions of dollars. It's easy to store whether you put it in a safe deposit box, whether you put it into a piece of jewelry. It's very, very easy to store. It's something... If you're looking to retire, whether it's 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you're looking to put your kids through school, it's an unbelievable investment. You can sit back and watch this investment grow. Darren, why do you personally, like you always say, you personally love Argyle Diamonds? I do. They're my favorite. It's in the entire world of diamonds. And yes, I'd like to own a red or a blue, but uh, pound for pound, pink diamonds are for me, especially Argyle's, the best single investment you can make. I've owned classic cars. I own currently artwork. Uh, I can tell you I've had a group of seven on my wall, and oh. and it's a very important piece. How you get seven people on your wall? That's it. But uh, in terms of, of what I've seen for collectability, in terms of price value, nothing that I've owned has increased like a colored diamond. And the important thing is, although some things are a, a, a passion, you know, building cars, perhaps building a house, for most people, it's a pain in the rear end. I go out and invest in a house, and it becomes a nightmare legally. The upgrades, the upkeep, managing people, and I'm still getting all of that done. And when I talk about what my return is, I quite often forget to include the amount of hours I've personally put into sure. that. With a colored diamond, I get to look at it and stare at it whenever I want. Otherwise, there's no work. I don't have to do anything to it. No plunger needed. Nothing. No plunger needed. I don't have to replace any light bulbs or anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting way better return from it. Is it as liquid as a house? Perhaps it's not. But when the market here, and we'll talk about it in the next segment, bursts, homes will not be liquid. Colored diamonds will be assets that in the class with gold and silver, people run to as a safe haven as a way to insure them. But there are two main reasons I love Argyle pink diamonds. Number one, as Paul already said, the Argyle mine produces 90% or more of all pink diamonds. There is no other reliable source in the world other than the Argyle mine. Number two, the average size of an Argyle pink diamond coming out of the mine, and I want you to look at your wife's or if you're wearing an engagement ring right now, the average size is one carat. Look down at it and divide that by 10. The average size of diamond is more than 10 times smaller than a one carat white. Wow. And that's the average diamond coming out of there. So when you're looking at diamonds on our site that are over a half carat, uh, just around a half carat in size, you're looking at diamonds that are massive. You can hold in the palm of your hand all of the pink diamonds that are a half carat or larger that come out of the mine. And that is one of the things that draws my attention and my investment dollars to pink diamonds. And it's the reason why I love them. And you will find hundreds of written documents about people referring to these as the most collectible and sought after type of diamonds in the world. one eight seven seven eight silver on the uh, online rather to guildhalldiamonds.com, Jeremy. And we're going to be having Eden Rachmanoff on, I believe, next cool. week to discuss these topics exactly. I think there's also something to be said for quality. In this market, it's, uh, I find I often explain, uh, I, I use a sports analogy. You know, we're watching the Australian Open right now. And the difference between the top five guys on the tour and even women like a Serena Williams to the rest of the rest yes. of the group that's what natural that's what colored diamonds are like and even diamonds in general a white diamond d decolor which has no color internally flawless over a carrot it's something that's very rare and very hard to find once you add that onto colored diamonds which are even 
just phenomenally more rare than than white diamonds, you, you're coming up with something that is not only incredibly rare and it's hard to appreciate that rarity because of course you know we're talking about it all the time and we encourage people to come to the website and they look at the website and they see 40 50 diamonds you know 20 30 internally flawless yellows they think oh okay well there must be a ton of these out there but they're not and so learning to appreciate that is a lot like darren you're talking about group of seven it's appreciating how rare that is mm -hmm. there's only so many group of seven paintings out there and that's why they keep going up in price colored diamonds are exactly no different the reason they keep moving up in value is simply because there is just not enough around and it's not as though there's a flood of the market coming in even if you look at the at, at the argyle mine which is producing 90 percent of the world's pinks it's still a trickle 50, 60 diamonds, and not all of those are VS quality. And I can tell you just from our own experience, we don't see anything more than maybe 15, 20 VS quality diamonds under half a carat throughout the year. Hmm. So we know how rare they are. And, and one thing I can say is I watch Paul all the time. He is relentless in the fact that he continues to jump on, on, on product. If he sees something out there that... He does not pass up an opportunity when it comes to diamonds. And all it takes is watching one or two diamonds slip away through your fingers to make you say, okay, I have to make sure I get those diamonds when I can. And so we go to, to amazing lengths to buy quality. And what you get out of quality is return. And what you also get is the, the, the more substantial an investment, the greater the return. So it's great that you can get involved in a very high quality diamond for fifteen to even twenty five thousand, and you will get a very good return. Now, if you can put in a substantial investment like two hundred and fifty thousand, you are going to get a substantial return, and that is our experience in the market. And again, Eden Rachmanoff will will attest to that when when we speak to him next week. So if we want to start thinking about that comparison to real estate, you know, there's downsides here. You're not going to be doing any labor. You're not going to be renovating. You're not going to be paying land transfer fees. You're not going to be paying uh, for lawyers, and you're not going to have to do pay a mortgage or insurance, and you're not going to have to fill out a, a ton of documents. It, it's not something you're going to actively make money with. It's just something you literally sit on and make money, and and that can sometimes be a, a paradigm shift to understand that there's nothing that has to be done here. Just, you just have to put your hand in your pocket, pull out the cash, and buy something because these prices are going up just in currency alone. You know, two years ago, you know, a diamond was 100000 Today, in Canadian, because of the difference, it's 145000 That's just on the currency. So you need to, you know, to get, buy a diamond. If you've got a couple of kids, you know, buy a couple of yellows. You know they're going to go to university in 15, 10, 15 years. Buy two diamonds, put them aside. By the time they go to university, it's paid for. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com. Yeah, Darren. Mike's hot there, yeah. eh? Yeah, hot. A little feedback. Well, anyways, let's go to break. But before we do, as I promised, CMHC. Flags housing market risks in Toronto, Saskatoon, Regina coming right up after this break. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com or guildhallwealth.com. Reminder, next weekend, the 6th, it'll be the seminar, how to uh, use your RSP and TFSA to uh, in, invest in physical silver and gold. That will be in Mississauga. You want to register at one eight six six two seven four ninety five seventy. Real Money Show, Talk Radio AM 640.
Real Money Show right here on Talk Radio AM 640, 1-877-8-SILVER. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Next weekend, it is the seminar about holding gold and silver in your RSP or TFSA account. It'll be the Hilton Garden in Toronto, 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. next weekend. It is 1-866-274-9570 to register as soon as you can. While there's still a little bit of space left, let's get back to what we were talking about uh, before the break, Darren. That is the, uh, the bubble or uh, the housing update anyway. Well, as I said earlier in the show... I have a lot of people around me in my life, and I'm sure Jeremy does and Paul also, that are involved in real estate. And this by no means is a slant on them. It's just we're seeing this being reported more frequently, more frequently. And like 2008, we sat on this very show prior to it happening and said, hey, guess what? We're waking up every morning to increasing number of reports saying that the stock market is likely to blow apart at least for a couple of years. It happened. These are the signs and the writing on the wall. And I'm sure Jason Berwick last week, Jeremy, you were here. He was talking extensively about what he had reported on, which had come true, had come become reality. And that's a very important thing. But getting back to this report, CBC put out an article midweek posted January 27th titled CMHC flags housing market risks in Toronto, Saskatoon, and Regina. And I quote from the article, the federal housing agency says there is a risk of correction in Canadian housing markets in several cities, especially Toronto, Saskatoon, and Regina because of overvaluation and overbuilding of real estate. Now, does that mean that this can't continue on? Does that mean that we can't see yet another 10, 12% increase overall in Toronto home prices? Not at all. What I'm saying is they measure 15 Canadian cities every quarter in an effort to detect housing bubbles. And they've been saying this for a while, but this is the first time I've seen them mention it this way. They say, and I quote, cities such as Calgary, Saskatoon, and Regina suffer from both overvaluation and overbuilding as prices remain high and building continues in face of low oil prices. So that one's easy. You can see why in the Western states in the western country part of the country they have problems due to low oil prices however the level of housing prices in these cities is not supported by the economic conditions that's what the cmhc says prices remain high despite rising vacancies and falling demand for housing so what you get is in essence a flush of people that have invested in there now i have a number of colleagues that have gone up north of edmonton into the fort mcmurray area Unemployment rates have skyrocketed in the last few months there in the last year because of falling oil prices. Good folk have lost their jobs, but they're sitting on savings that they built and acquired during their hard work time there in the oil fields. What a great way to opportunity for them to invest in either gold, silver, colored diamonds. And as we get further into this article, what it says here that we're seeing is that In Toronto, there's been rapid price acceleration in the past number of years, which have led to prices that are just too high for the detached homes. But CMHC is also monitoring the city for the potential emergence of overbuilding, especially in the condo market. Now, the report says, and I quote, it was released Wednesday, the Toronto Real Estate Board estimated the number of resale condo listings in the city rose 3.3% in the fourth quarter of 2015, but sales were close to 5,600, an increase of 12.6%. That tightening of the market has pushed up condo prices, which rose 4.1% to an average of $382,070. But what the CMHC says here is something that was not in any previous report up until this last Wednesday, and I quote, Their concern is about the acceleration in building of Toronto condos in the final quarter of the year. 
saying developers need to monitor inventories to prevent further overbuilding. And I still quote, the rise in housing prices in Toronto has not been matched by a rise in disposable incomes. The rise in values has not been matched by disposable incomes. What has this entire panel said for four years about disposable income? Has it risen, gentlemen? Not at all. No. We're not seeing wealth increase, but we're seeing people pay more and more and more for things. We talked about inflation earlier. These are reasons why you own quality assets such as gold, silver, and colored diamonds. The the interesting thing, though, about the real estate is that though real estate values are dropping in out west in Saskatchewan and Alberta, the Americans are buying up oceanfront property in places like Nova Scotia. A million-dollar house in Nova Scotia is only $700,000 U.S., or a five hundred is 350000 U.S. The Americans are going to come in and they're going to buy everything up at these low prices with fiat currency, paper, paper, and paper. Well, that's just what we did in 2009 when when Canadians bought up uh, Floridian real estate. But look, the the thing is, is you know, you talk everyone everyone is is an expert on real estate at the end of the day in in Toronto. And in my opinion, you've got it. It's obviously fueled by low interest rates, which means your ability to service your own debt is very low. So you can take on a lot more debt. So you you can see that you can go on and see a chart anywhere that that Canadians are taking on more debt than ever, but their ability to service it is at, a, at one of the lowest points ever as well. So there's a there's a trade off there. And then a lot of people will also say that the real estate market's being fueled by by as Paul's just mentioning by um, by foreign investment. Well, it's not going to take a lot for foreign investment to go away either if, if things get into big trouble, whether it's in China or, or the U.S. or anywhere else for that matter. So, you know, there, there's certain factors that, that can change the market very, very quickly. And ultimately, it's not about making a choice between gold and real estate or diamonds and real estate. The point is, and this is exactly what I do. This is my own personal opinion. This is how I invest. I am more than happy to have gold on the sidelines and keep my gold because if god forbid interest rates started to skyrocket which we don't control interest rates the government does and if they have to raise the rates which they're at all-time lows they can only go up from here well we never know it could go could go negative for a while but ultimately rates can go up and if that were the case i want the purchasing power of gold as my hedge so it's important, in my opinion, to have gold in your portfolio to hedge against these things. You don't know if the real estate market's going to go down any day now or in a month or in a year from now, but you know that holding gold and silver in your portfolio is a great way to store value. Now, we talked about the ratio. We talked about the ratio between gold and silver, but we didn't talk about the ratio of gold to housing. If you look at the ratio of gold to housing and how many ounces of gold it takes to buy um, an average size home in Toronto, you would you would not believe how many ounces of gold you need to buy it today versus when gold is at a strong purchasing power. And, and I think that if you saw those charts and you can call us and we can, we can walk you through that, I think you'll, you'll see a compelling reason to have some gold and silver in your portfolio because they're so undervalued. And when they revalue, you're going to grow your purchasing power. And hopefully, if all goes well, you'll be able to pay off your mortgage with, some, with a little bit right. of gold you've been holding. It's a valuable opinion, and I think people would be uh, it would be prudent to listen to this part of the show again because that advice has made people money hand over fist. 
The number is one eight seven seven eight silver Online to guildhallwealth.com. We'll tell you something else next weekend. Want to see the guys at the seminars happening from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The Hilton Garden in Toronto. That's in Mississauga. You will learn about the benefits of holding silver and gold in RSP and TFSA accounts. That number, one eight six six two seven four ninety five seventy. There'll be some light refreshments and free parking as well. Get on it before all the seats are completely taken up. This has been The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM 640.